Hello, Claire Hooper here, and I have a fun bonus confession for you. He's a very good person owning up to very funny, bad things. James Dimitri, who I met on a photo shoot over a decade ago. I've loved this fashion photographer and indie filmmaker ever since. We recorded in a hotel room in his current hometown of Sydney. I spend time in that beautiful part of country with gratitude and respect to traditional custodians, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and their elders past and present. I started by telling James that I just watched his second film. Well, in reality, it's actually my third film because I had a disaster on the first one, which is still in post-production six years later. Six years later. Yeah. I'm hoping that one day that will finish. So um, the first film I did um, is actually a really cool film. We had an investor come on board and I made this film. It looks incredible, but I was so green. I just, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I picked these amazing locations um, I found this place that had that had a fire go through it, so all the paint had melted and it was running down the walls. Um, and it really worked with the characters because they're all so rotten. Everyone in this film is so rotten. But um, because it had a fire go through, all the windows had been blown out, so there was no... Um, the sound wasn't great and it was r- right near a roundabout. So every time <laughs> every time we, took a, we did a scene, there would be like 20 cars like driving past by and there is just like so much noise in this film so the whole thing has to be 80 yards so it's just been oh, that's set aside for a little while yeah that's yeah. awful is it, what sort of film is it it was a very twisted vampire film vampire mm. <gasps> i remember that i remember when you yeah. were making a vampire yeah. film censored people yeah it's very cool it's great yeah, it looks amazing yeah see i think that's the thing with you you might do a bonkers film but everything's gonna look pretty because you. you come from a photography background. That's right. So I actually, my like background is graphic design. So I started and I was a graphic designer. I worked for a, a music label for quite a few years, designing a lot of their cover art and all their city sort of design stuff. So but then I went... confess what you did before then. <laughs> I used to sing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've, like I've done were, so much You were stuff. the music industry. Uh, so I was, um, I did, uh, I did sing, I was, I had like music out. I did hairdressing before that. I was a That's hairdresser. Right. Um, and then I did graphic design and photography for 20 years or whatever it was. And then I'm making films now. So, yes, <laughs> you look yeah. baffled. No, yes. Well, um, on the way to this chat, I was thinking... How am I going to describe you? Like, what will I call you? So I thought, I'll just have to ask him, are you a filmmaker? But I would pretty much settled on Renaissance <laughs> man because I was like, what an absolute feast of careers that you've had. Yeah, it's been kind of freakish. Yeah. I've done a lot of stuff. I'm very into, I think, taking chances and just if, if something doesn't feel right, you can, you know, we all play a part really in this life. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, you can rewrite it. I mean, yeah. How long? How long are you going to do filmmaking for? Well, I think that's kind of what I've always wanted to do, and it's just taken, you know, taken. A, it's taken a few lifetimes to get to to do what I want to do. I think twenty years ago or whatever it was when I was really wanting to do film, um, like in a serious. This is being serious. Uh, it was. It just wasn't really affordable. Like you, you know, the gear to shoot a film was quite expensive. Like you know film was expensive now you've got digital you've got a phone in your pocket you can make a film with you know so 
it's it's become possible for creatives to actually do that stuff now and it's a lot easier whereas when i first started out it was really hard to do we're sitting in the qt hotel in sydney though and i didn't realize and you were just like yeah this is one of the locations yeah. from um winner takes it all mm-hmm. is that how do you do that how do you get that you because because you're like yeah i can just f- i can just film on the phone that's in my pocket yeah but how do you get the suite of the qt um, how did I do it? All right, industry so, secrets. You need uh, to say industry <laughs> secrets and put a full Look, I, I, I'm a firm believer that if you don't ask, you don't get. And yeah. I think that um, a lot of the time people feel overwhelmed by how big something can be, like instead of actually trying and going for it. So I'm not, I'm not a very shy person. So if I feel like I need something to make what I'm making work, I will ask for it. So I literally called the hotel up, had a couple of meetings with them, told them what the project was, um, who I had in the film and, you know, where I had planned to to have it screen and all that kind of stuff. And they came on board. They thought it was a great concept. The idea was really fun and they didn't I don't think they actually realised how bonkers it was gonna be by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> they might have said no before if they actually knew. But it was um it was one of those things where they were just very, very generous and very sweet and they they came on board and then um, I had the Kintamago did the same. Bombay Sapphire came on as sponsors. Oh, I saw some um, I saw some discreetly placed <laughs> bottles. <laughs> yeah. Bombay <laughs> Sapphire, I was like, that's sneak. Yeah. They're very oh, good. Man. No, it good looks classy. <laughs> you made it look good. Uh, thank you. But, you know, the funny thing about that particular scene, so there's a scene in the film where um, – Maxi Shield, who plays Maxine, visits a friend and the friend pours, um, you know, a gin out of a Bombay sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> and the, we didn't have any ice. We didn't have anything. So it was literally, I thought, oh, great. Well, i gotta, I got to make the bottle look like it's actually being used. So I, I actually literally poured them a gin and it was, it was warm gin, no ice. And I, gave, I just gave it to them for the show. And then they started drinking. And it was just straight up gin. And they were like, whoa. <laughs> so then we kind of emptied that out, filled it with water so they could actually use that as a prop. But it still was like half gin, half water. And it was like, man, that is strong stuff. But we got through this thing and it was really fun. <laughs> do you, when you said you got to do film, filmmaking 20 years ago. Mm. No, no, no. I, I wanted to do filmmaking yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, you wanted to 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. Like you knew in your heart that one day you'd make films. Did you know they'd be as batshit crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I've always liked, I've always liked the kind of weirder sort of fringe sort of stuff. Um, You know, big fan of like John Waters stuff. But then I'm also big fan of like Ingmar Bergman stuff, you know, and all the really serious sort of film stuff. Um, So I don't know. I think my, my... my um, taste varies so much from one extreme to the other. Yeah, but not in the middle. But not in the middle, not no. Not in the middle. So, like, I think that when I'm making... Did I know it was going to be so batshit crazy? It's so crazy. It is so crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't think I even thought that far. No. So, so it wasn't like a plan. No. I just happened to go batshit flick. crazy. You just followed your heart and yeah. this is what happened. Yeah, and I think, like, <laughs> if you watch the, the first film that I had out, which was Misplaced... I think it's a very different film. Oh, it's so different. You've seen, you've it, seen that's that. That's all actually. in black and white. It's isn't a it? black and white film. It's quite morbid. It's heavy. Mm. Like it's heavy, and it's very slow. Like it's incredibly slow. Yeah, it's like a, 
It's like a visual fugue. Is yeah. that fair? You know, with these yeah. kind of repeated themes. That's and right. That's right. So it's a very different film. And I think um, I kind of, when I was making that, I really wanted to. I wanted <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fans of that first one. I'm just like, can't wait for the next James Dimitri <laughs> flick. And then it's watch it. Maxi Shield. <laughs> like. <laughs> Getting oh like my God. smashed in a shower. That's by, right. Yeah, okay. By a very handsome man. Uh, no, look, I think I think when I um when I work on a project, I kind of go all in in that direction, whatever that's going to be. So with the, with the first one, I wanted it to be very sentimental and like heavy, and he kind of I think it achieved that. I think it did really well. With the Maxi Shield one, I wanted while well, I really literally wanted it to be as stupid and out there as possible, and I think we kind of did that absolutely succeeded actually i'll tell a lie i started making that film wanting to make a very pedro almodovar oh yeah kind of um you know that telenovela style absolutely see that so we tried we we shot i think one or two days and i was trying to be very sophisticated like (laughs) you know (laughs) elevated comedy you know stick to the script let's let's make this work and i want this expression and that and it just wasn't actually working like it just I don't know, it just fell flat. And then um, uh, we did an improv one and I just saw them getting really silly and I thought, actually, you know what? I'm watching this and it works. So let's kind of go there. And then um, there was a scene where Maxie just moaned a little. It was like... Oh, yeah, I remember the moans. Uh, yeah, the and I thought, wow, noise. I really love that. I love that. Let's Let's push that. So we added that everywhere. Like, you know, it was kind of one of the themes that kind of went through the film. So, yeah bonkers it was if somebody's in australia can they still see the film how do they see um, it so the film has now got distribution for the uk and us and so I if somebody in australia wants to watch it go to the uk <laughs> or the us go to the uk us book a ticket go there watch it on some kind of streamer um i'm working on trying to get it uh playing yeah. here at the moment i've just had a couple of um emails from different festivals around the country wanting to play the film so it may be playing at different festivals that nothing's confirmed but i'm looking at um distribution locally as well uh, you need you need an audience that's in the mood for stupidity like a room full of people yeah baying for a bit of color and boobs and dicks yeah, yeah. it's look it's a good time it it's is a, a it's time. a good time There's not one character in that film except for the little girl on the lawn. <laughs> Which happens to be my daughter. daughter. Yes. So apart from your daughter, there's not a character in that film who is not morally bankrupt. Is that fair to say? Well, I don't know. Would you say that? <laughs> all right, all right. I just mean like everybody's backstabbing each other, cheating on each other. Yeah. Well, I think that's that goes back to me trying to do like a telenovela ah, uh, tone, which was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, which was one thing screwing up and then unveiling another layer of deceit, you know, it was kind of that. All I'm saying is you yourself, you're a really honest person. <laughs> I'm so morally corrupt. Is no, you're, you're trying not. To say? No, no. That what I'm saying is you have written characters that are not like yourself. Mm. You are an, like you are... I'm, I'm just saying you're honest and authentic, but you have put a bunch of characters in a film who lie to each other and deceive each other. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm living my fantasies through my films. I don't know. Is? Maybe that's what it but is. But you're right, actually. When you asked me to, um, 
I, like I find it really hard to lie to people or like cheat people or do any of that stuff. Like even if I, I'm like you know when I go shopping, if I notice that they've undercharged me or something, I will say, excuse me, call someone yeah. over and say, you've undercharged me. Is this yeah. right? And they're like, oh, actually, thanks. Give us another thanks. $10. You know, Thank you like, so much. David go. Jones needs your money. <laughs> yeah, Thank exactly. you so much. Which is kind of dumb, but I, like, it's kind of what no, I do. I do the right. same I, thing. I'm I can't compulsively help honest. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I can't I'm help that. 100% the same as you. So when you said to me, um, the podcast is about people who do bad things, I was kind of thinking, oh, heck, what the Fuck have I done? Maybe she knows about good people that did do a bad, bad thing things. Once. Yeah. So then I was thinking, I don't, I haven't done any bad things, and then I kind of thought through, <laughs> through the ages, and I was like, well, actually, maybe I've done a couple of bad <laughs> um, things. Yep. Yeah. What? All right. Well, what's um, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Okay. So let's go back. Yeah. I think I was about fifteen. So keep in mind, we I, I grew up in Cyprus. So <clears throat> when I was four years old, there was a war. So my family went through a war. Me, my mum, and my dad, um, and they lost everything. Like they had the, they had a you know the, they had a big record store. They had a house. So they lost everything. And we were your parents ran a record store. Yeah, I grew up in oh, a record store in a playpen. So cool. <laughs> yeah. In a playpen in a record yeah, mom store. Mum says they used to put music on. I used to hold the edges of the playpen. Jumping up and down, like listening yeah, to music. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, they lost everything. So when we 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 were refugees for three years, we lived in tents. And then when we, like you know, many years after that, we moved to Australia. So we came here when I was probably twelve. So my parents had nothing. Like the you know the, they've come from nothing, and they worked the butt off to have everything that they've got now. So you know, hats off to them. Huge deal. But. When I was 15, I remember I was really into Prince. <laughs> I used to absolutely love Prince. And I remember walking past this shop window and I spotted this shiny purple raincoat, like Matrix-style <laughs> raincoat. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to have this jacket, right? I went home and told my mom. I said, there's this jacket and I really need this jacket. <laughs> and my mom is like, my mom, keep in mind, my mom was working for 50 bucks a week, right? Like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is, she was sewing things and doing all that stuff. So I was like, how much is it? And I said, I don't know. We have to go. I really need this jacket. And I'm an only child. So mom, mom is very like, I will get you what you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I will do this for you. <laughs> I will do this for you. So we went to the shopping mall and we went, I said, there's a jacket. And my mum's like, are you sure? Like you want this jacket? It was literally, you know that fabric that crinkles? I don't even know what it's called. It's like shiny, um, glittery, like. What, lame? I don't know what it was. It was purple and it was a raincoat. It was. uh, So was it water repellent? I would think yes. Yes. But who knows? But who knows? Okay. And we asked him, it was like $390. <gasps> it was, and I still remember the price. When you were 15, yes. 390 Which was like 60 years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, it was, it, yes, was yeah. it was a lot of money. So, my mum was like, son, this is like crazy. And I said, I really, like, I really need this jacket. Um, actually, no, I would have been about, se- I'm lying, I would have been 17 because I was sneaking into nightclubs. So I said, I really, ah. really need this jacket because I, I, I want, like I didn't say this, you but can't. in my head I was thinking, I'm Prince. I need this jacket. I need to walk in. I need to sneak into th- <laughs> That's as right. if an underage kid needs to draw attention <laughs> to himself by walking in in an ostentatious yes. $390 <laughs> purple. You're going to look 
yeah. so conspicuous. Completely. Can you imagine what, like, even someone as young as 21 still would have been like, oh, I think every, there's a kid. There, there's a kid there goes here. the kid in the, here comes the kid in the purple jacket. You anyway, it was a raincoat, sorry. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so mum's gone home, bless her heart. And then about a week later, she comes home with this jacket. No. They bought it for me. So mum bought me this, you know, like they have no money. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. You're the best. You're the best. I wore that jacket once. What? One time. And I did not ever wear it again. I was like, I don't like it. So then my mum decided to wear it as a raincoat (laughs) through winter. (laughs) So my mum was walking around like Prince in this glittery (laughs) purple jacket. Matrix style for the la- for the like the next two years to get a wear out of it, bless her. Oh, your mum. And that's thinking oh God, in that hindsight, <laughs> thinking about that, that was really awful. We're so self-centered when we're teenagers. You can't think beyond that. But did you have like any? Could you? Do you remember feeling a little bit of a twinge inside when you saw her I, after, like winter <laughs> after winter? <laughs> Forcing herself into the prince raincoat <laughs> no. just to try because even still, even if she wore it like a hundred times, that's still like four dollars. Oh, no. She a still time. can't listen to Purple Rain. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look, that was that was a pretty bad one. And I, talking of bad fashion, why did you only wear it once though? Because I wore it once and I thought, you and know you what? It's not really me. Actually, it's just, this is a bit much. <laughs> this is too much. This I begged my hardworking yeah, mother for. Exactly. Did you have a job? Like, did you have access to at any 16, money? At 16, no. I was no. like a kid. I was still at school. No, 17, whatever it was. Oh, I was yeah. Still I at just, school. you know, when I was 17, <laughs> I was doing like weekend work for my folks. So I think I, w- I worked at McDonald's for like, I think I lasted maybe two weekends and they fired me. They were just I, like, this kid won't stop wearing this like, purple coat. He has to go. <laughs> They're like, put your uniform on. I was like, no, <laughs> I love my purple jacket. <laughs> If only, if only you love the purple jacket. Actually, when I worked at Macca's, I remember it was really rainy. That The, the day before I got fired was really rainy and everyone you was... You got fired though. Well, I kind of wasn't exactly fired. Not just, I never back. got called back for a shift. Okay. So um, I remember it was really wet like, and it was re- the floor was muddy. Everyone was running through there like, you know, and there was footprints, muddy footprints everywhere. And, you know, managers are like 12 years old. So I'm standing in there like freaking out and I was on the chicken. I was had to do the chicken tray. So they're like, pull the chicken tray out. There's, it's so busy. And I pulled the chicken tray out and the entire tray of like 46 pieces just fell on the floor on this like muddy footprint oh floor. And like, gosh. pick them up, pick them up, just put them up. So we picked them up and sold them. No. <laughs> yes. Oh. I don't know if you can put that on there. We might get sued. It wasn't McDonald's. It was just a different. It was Rad 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 Donalds. Um, it was Red Donalds. Red Donalds. That's where I was working. Yeah. Um, and back to the bad like um, fashion choice with the purple thing. I was also thinking of another that led me to think about when I was working as a hairdresser. So I remember um, I was working at a hairdressing shop in Double Bay, and it was very fancy, like very fancy. <coughs> and I always wanted to kind of like look cool i was like 18 or 19 at this point and i remember i grew up out west so i remember going to a shop and i spotted this and i was earning some money at this point so i could actually afford bad fashion on my own (laughs) (laughs) and i spotted this gray um how am i going to describe this it was a leather jacket and it was gray like a marble print it was like 
Yeah. Sto- like it was like a yeah, marble. Yeah, yeah, that was a veneer. It was a thing with huge, like the sleeves from the wrist connected to the waist, you know. like Oh, the dolman sleeve. I think it's called dolman. Yeah, very Russian but looking. But it looks batwing-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like horrible. Mm-hmm. And they were cool. They were cool yeah, ones. And it was just coming out of winter, so they were on sale. So I bought it and I decided that I was going to wear it to work in Double Bay at the salon on a hot day because I look cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember arriving to work and everyone's like, aren't you hot in that? <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> this looks cool. And I was thinking, <laughs> I am not taking this off. And I remember my boss coming in and he obviously didn't like the look of it mm-hmm. and didn't want to say, that looks horrible, take it off. And he, I remember him just kept saying, it's very warm today. <laughs> it's actually really hot. And I'm like, yeah. So I rolled my sleeves up (laughs) to my elbows and I was washing someone's hair and I remember sweating inside (laughs) my jacket, but I would not take that jacket off. So whenever I make a decision, I stick to it. There you go. Except the decision (laughs) to wear the purple coat. No, No. I mean, I still, yeah, I wore it once. You wore it once. Yeah. How's that for bad stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Just the vanity of it. Mm. Just so stoked with this Mm. ugly... Ugly jacket. Man, seriously. It does it does sound quite beautiful. I know. Modelled grey leather and a dolman <laughs> yeah. sleeve. And then pushed up to your elbow. Yeah. Washing people's maybe hair. Looking maybe it was good. Maybe your boss was just jealous. Okay, so we've talked bad fashion and we've got a sense of some like desperate vanity and I enjoy that you've confessed <laughs> to that. But what have you what have you actually done to Break someone's heart. Oh, um, well, you know, I don't like, know if I've you? ever broken someone's heart. I've actually, I think I've, um, how am I going to put this? Not knowingly yeah. destroyed people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I was thinking All of right, a couple of things. Okay. The, the, so, I used and to... This, is this adult James? Yeah, this is kind of more like 20s, I'd say. Okay. So I used to know a a, a girl, a, a, like this friend of mine, who worked at a at the Clarence counter in one of the David Jones stores or Maya or whatever it was. Oh, the cos- <coughs> cosmetics brand. Yeah, and I used to go in there and say hi, and we'd we'd, we'd always chat. We ended up flatting, like we we ended up living together after that, like a long time after that. But when I first met her, she she was working with this woman who was in her, and I'd, I'd say fi- late late forties, fifties, I'd say. And she would always come and say, her name was Sharon, and she would, Sharon would always come and say hi, and I was like always being funny, and she loved me, and we'd talk a lot, and the three of us would yak at the counter for ages, you know, every time I popped in. And then um, I walked in, and my friend Corey was saying, she's like, oh, you know, she's having some issues with her husband, about um, the 50-year-old having some issues with it with her husband and I said Sharon what's going on and she said oh, I'm just not happy and she was feeling really miserable and I just jokingly was like go and have an affair it's not <gasps> worth it go and meet somebody young have a great time you know and like just being like silly not really saying yeah just riffing go, right yeah go and do it and so I hadn't popped in for about three four weeks or whatever it was or a month and a half so I went in and Sharon wasn't there and I said to to my friend Corey, I said, "Where's um? How's Sharon?" She said, "Oh my God, she's she had an affair. Like she actually went met somebody, had an affair, what? and she's left her husband." 
So yeah, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And she said, "She when you know when you guys had that talk <laughs> about her, she really and you thought gave about your it." Extremely adult, Flippin. professional, <laughs> yeah. psychiatric trained opinion. So you know yeah. how you know how you're a trained professional love <laughs> therapist. Totally, that's my other life. Just an idiot in your twenties. Yeah, just being ridiculous. But this woman actually took it to heart, and she went ahead and. Had an affair and left her husband. Okay, so hang on now, but okay, and this <laughs> is really, really funny. But two points: number one, she must have been primed and ready to go. She, oh. your one, one little dickhead's comment exactly. at the Clarence counter can't be the reason you flip your life, right? Well, you would think not, but I think I'm very convincing. Yeah, you are very charismatic. <laughs> I mean, you got you got the bloody QT suite That's for your right. film, so. No, I, like you I have, have a superpower. I have seriously no idea why she would take that seriously. But okay, but apparently also point did. number two, maybe she's better off without the husband. Look, I don't think anyone walks out of a relationship unless there's stuff going on. You know, if 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 it wasn't meant to happen, I think if it's possible to leave one, it's probably meant to be. Yeah, like 100%. you don't. Yeah. 100%. Um. Okay. Yeah, I really am. Um, okay, the, what I'm getting is a consistent sense of you having the superpower of being able to convince people i don't know if it's a superpower i think it was just me being very silly and somebody kind of mom, you know sometimes mom, you i'll have this 390 <laughs> purple jacket get it get it for me i will have the no. q2 suite please uh hey lady hey sharon have an affair <laughs> all right james i Look, wasn't going to but all I, right I think I think a lot of with with the affair thing. Like in all fairness, I think people sometimes just want to hear somebody voice what they want to hear and think. And if it just happens to come along, then they they will use that as a reason to just go ahead and do what they want to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel like that's probably what mm-hmm. that was about. There I you mean, go. <laughs> I, I think what are you you're just the you're just the force of mischief. You're not a bad person. Well, yeah. Do you ever what are <laughs> what are your bad qualities? Do you have a bad uh, temper? I do lose my temper sometimes. Yeah, of course. Everybody loses their temper. Yeah, I can't I'm di- help I'm, it. I'm digging for gold that's not there. You're just a really nice person. No, I don't think I'm nice all the time. I think I think well, like you know we all have our flaws, don't we? Yeah. Do we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> do you have a few yourself, Claire? Oh boy, yes. Oh good. Yeah, okay, phew, I feel better now. Because I think you're a pretty wonderful person. I've never seen you get mad or you're always you very say, honest. Oh, no. You're always very, very sweet. I've never seen you be an a-hole. That's a nice thing to say. Yeah. But we do live in different cities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should hang out more. I'll tell Wade to run. Um, <laughs> a list. R- no, run the, some f- phone video yeah. on All next right. time I'm an a-hole and just... I'll just be like, James has asked. Oh, my God. If you can please does send pull, any evidence. Does, does Wade pull the phone out on you? No. Okay. <sighs> that would be so annoying. I mean, I don't think I'd respond well to that. <laughs> then you'd see the beast come out. Yeah, that's right. I'd be like, and he'd be like, James told me to run video on this. And I'd be like, well, James has ruined another relationship. <laughs> another one on my tally. <laughs> Strike yeah. that. Talking about beast mode, I was playing ping pong with my daughter today. I, with, I took her for lunch, <coughs> and then we got a ping pong table. And like we're like we're awful, like we're terrible at ping pong. Like I'm 
talking one hit and then chase the ball. Oh, one God. hit, chase the ball. I can't believe you keep And then in the middle of it, she started like ripping her jacket off ev- just before she hit the ball every time and saying, Beast mode! Released! <laughs> <laughs> it was the cutest thing. They just reminded me of that when we said a beast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Little girls being mock violent. It's pretty adorable, isn't it's it? It's adorable. Yeah. Very cute. Seriously cute, actually. Fully grown men being mock violent, not okay. No. <laughs> Politically incorrect even, I'd say. Yeah, not yeah. right. Makes everyone afraid. So that's a that's a hot tip for every mm. fully grown male. Just um, don't pretend to be angry. Um, anyway, when, when are you going to have this <coughs> next film done? The next um, st- wildly stupid film? The... the well, there's look, I'm Do you doing want to say what it's probably going to be called? No. The next Maxi one? Yeah. The next look, I'm I'm trying to do a horror film at the moment, yeah. which is again worlds apart from the last two films. Yeah. It's very very different. Um so hopefully that'll that'll work out in the next month or so. We'll start shooting hopefully. Um and then the next one that I want to do again, I'm hoping that I do another one with Maxi called Golden Puss, which is um one where she's a superhero. Um, stealing from rich people for herself and for helping the poor. She steals money and puts it in her manifesting jar so she can manifest stuff for herself. But mm. then she gives a small amount of that to to the needy. So, <laughs> so. Sounds very much like corporate philanthropy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it's kind of like, it's it's very, very funny and ridiculous. It's probably even more bonkers than um, the winner takes it all. I will believe that when I see it. Yeah, it's very, very funny. I can't wait. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on your beautiful podcast. Let's go out to dinner. Let's do it. I'm hungry. (laughs) He's an absolute delight. Find and follow James Dimitri on the socials and if you get a chance to see any one of his films, treat yourself. They are so much fun. Share this episode with a mate and if you haven't already, check out some of the other sorry tales from the back catalogue. Back on Thursday with a new one, Sunny Comedian. 